This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello and welcome to the latest Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host, Matt Addison, and I'm delighted to say that alongside me is Birmingham Live's Aston Villa reporter, Ashley Priest, who is, of course, here to preview the game between the Reds and Dean Smith's men. Ashley, welcome to the Blood Red podcast. How much are you looking forward to the weekend's game? Yeah, looking forward to it. Hello to all the Liverpool fans. It would have made a, a great weekend with the National this weekend as well. Would have been a um, carnival, as it always is on National National Weekend. But, but yeah, looking forward to the game. Um, the two sides are very different now compared to when the first met at Villa Park all the months ago. And Liverpool have got a different centre-back pairing now, for example. And just coming off the back of a midweek defeat to Madrid. As for Villa, no Grealish. Uh, he's out again, just finished a press conference. He's out for a few weeks, so he's sweating on his England hopes now. Really, really concerning issue that that's been just just, just rumbling on and on. Um, Ross Barkley, he's out the picture as well, um, not getting a kick at all. So, yeah, much change, but looking forward to it. It's an enticing one. Look at the Premier League table, loads to play for. Villa, Villa, Villa do win at Anfield, they're back in the mix. So, and I'm sure Liverpool want, want, to, want to get take out revenge on them. So, yeah, points to a great game. Yeah, absolutely. I think Aston Villa are five points behind Liverpool, but with a game in hand. And I suppose this is sort of really tricky, but really important game for Liverpool. And I suppose Aston Villa are going to look at it in exactly that same way. Definitely. I was, I was at Anfield last season. Um, Villa fighting, scrapping for their lives. And the last 2-0 that day, Curtis Jones, I think Marnay scored again. And Yeah, but um, Salah, sorry, Salah Valley. But yeah, looking at the, the form... Um, Marnay struggling a little bit, isn't he? He hasn't scored three in his last twenty odd games, which is not Marnay like at all. But he always bangs against the Villa. I think he scored record hat trick against them for Southampton. He always scores. He was a menace in menace for him against in the FA Cup as well. So we need to stop that threat. To be honest, and it's pointing to probably a Liverpool victory routine. But um, hopefully Villa, Villa, Villa can have the same. It's a different Villa side now. A side that plays on the front foot, but. Taken in last week's game, they were, they were pretty rubbish for 75 minutes and they stepped out of Grealish shadow for the first time in ages and they, they come on strong against Fulham. But that's only Fulham, but like you said, Fulham again put Liverpool some problems before. So I'm sure they'll be looking at that. But but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, McGinn back in form for Villa. Watkins is an England international now. So two good sides going at it. I think Klopp will want much more from his Liverpool players for sure. So th- there'll be some points to be proved, that, that's for sure. Yeah, we have to, to sort of speak about the, the 7-2. You mentioned it. Obviously, that seems a long, long time ago now. It's mm. a very different Liverpool team. Lots has, has happened since then. But is it a very different Aston Villa team as well? What's the, the sort of form situation? Obviously, Jack Greenish isn't there. But what about the rest of the players? Are they in a similar vein of form or, or is it different? Uh, it's quite different, to be fair. It's been different since the turn of the year. Villa had that 14 case COVID outbreak. And I'm, I'm adamant that's had an effect on them, to be honest. They returned against Man City, did OK. Got, got undone there, but the form hasn't, hasn't mirrored the first part of the season. They took eight points out of the last, what is it? One, two, seven, seven, eight games without Jack. That's a bit of an issue. Um, but up until the final 15 minutes of la- the last last game against Fulham, they stepped out of Grealish's shadow, which I've mentioned, and Trezeguet scored two, his first two of the season. Um, Salah's met, Salah's an Egyptian mate, so Keenan Davis looked good when he came on last week, the youngster, young rookie. Um, so players are starting to take responsibility now but like, like you say Villa are safe this, this 
it's the, for this type side of the season. Whereas last season, they're struggling big time. So, yeah, I think Villa could be a bit of a dangerous animal to, to play, really. Um, I take great confidence for last week's comeback against Fulham. First time they've come back in a match this season to, to win a game. So, I'll take that into the Liverpool game for sure. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too sure what to expect from Liverpool's point of view, Matt. How are they shaping up? I know the midweek defeat was, was pretty bad, but Yotta's been, been, been in form of late and players like that. So, how has it all been over at Anfield? Yeah, it's been a, a sort of mixed bag, I would say. I think obviously against Arsenal, it looked like Liverpool were going to be, you know, back to to their best, and then playing Real Madrid, it was a, a completely different performance. I suppose it's it's sort of been that inconsistency, hasn't it, for for a lot of teams in the Premier League this season? Liverpool are, are no exception, really. I suppose apart from the top one or two in the table, who've managed to to set themselves apart from the rest, it, it, it does sort of seem like there are inconsistencies. And I'm sure, you know, from from an Aston Villa perspective, they'd be looking at that and thinking, well, you know, Liverpool have, have lost a fair few games at Anfield this season. That hasn't happened before. They, they probably sense an opportunity, really, because I suppose at the moment you don't quite know which Liverpool team is, is going to turn up. No, definitely. Dean Smith's made a big point to that weeks for weeks and weeks. Just inconsistent. Only, only real Man City are, are dominating, really. In terms of um, consistent run of results, it's just hit and miss everywhere. Fulham are winning one week, they're getting battered the next. Villa are winning one week. Villa, Villa's form has been really consistent as well. And is that down to COVID? Is that down to the long season now? Um, the fixtures come thick and fast, haven't they? There's only nine games left, so and the season's over in what six weeks' time. That's it. It's all done. So it's settled for a fast and frenetic finish. Um, Liverpool will be open to cement the Champions League places if if they can, but. We'll see, and Villa are just on the tails, just about five points off them with the game in hand. So, plenty to play for still. Villa need to finish the season off in style because they started it so well, didn't they, Matt? I mean, yeah. that 7 2 just sticks out like a sore thumb, and hopefully, they can um, do the business on Saturday. Yeah, there's a lot of, of good players, isn't there, in that, that Aston Villa squad? I mean, from this point onwards in the season, what would you say is, is success for Aston Villa? Is it maybe one eye on the Europa League, the, the Champions League, even with those games in hand. I mean, what's the what's the sort of aim from this point of the season onwards? Yeah, the, the players have been having in-house interviews of lights. McGinn, Khan, Salah, all targeting European football, Europa League, Champions League. They all mentioned that them two words in, in their interviews. So it's something looking at to build. Probably not this season, to be honest. I survived by a single point last season, don't forget. And they're in the mix with Liverpool's and Chelsea's above them in the table. So it's been a bit of been a bit of a big leap to be honest with you mate and um steady progress that's that's been Smith's mantra since taking the job on although it's been pretty, pretty a pretty rapid ride to be honest promotion survival and kicking on to the top top 10 so i think next season we'll see the best of villa after a big summer um yet again we spent near enough 80 million last summer on five key additions we bolted that in january morgan sansa on the french midfielder we bought out and bought him in the pandemic which not many clubs have done so the owners have got the back in there. I think they've given Dean Smith 240 million, which is not bad going, um, really. So the investment's there. The, Europe, the owners want European football, but I think it will come next season now. I think they give themselves too much to do after returning to this side of the year. Not, not, not in great form. What's the sort of feeling in terms of, of the summer, in terms of transfers? Is it a case of just essentially continuing what they've done in, in previous transfer windows and maybe just adding you know, two or three bits of quality to, to maybe bolster the, the squad, I suppose, as, as much as the first 11. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, the first year they came up, they saw 13 new players in the summer. It was a complete overhaul, £130 million spent. I mean, they went shopping in Belgium for 
little cheap buys, 11 million pound there, 8 million pound there. Um, but this time last summer, it was quality over quantity. Club record fee for Riley Watkins. It's a long term investment. That one that could rise up to 33 million. Um, Emmy Martinez been an unreal signing. I don't know how Arsenal let him go. 20 million quid that could rise to no brainer. Matty Cash has stepped up the, from the championship really well. Um, and Bertrand Shaw was a European edition from Lyon, so plenty of pedigree there, and they've all proven proven themselves this year. So they'll be better players next season. I think the emphasis on, on this coming summer will be the same. Buying again, buying quality over quantity again. It'll have a hundred million pound budget. I think they'll go at. Um, I think it's more it's more interesting looking at Liverpool's transfer situation. Really, um, I think Yotta's been a brilliant buy, but. Firmino, Mane, Mane been, been off form. They, got, they haven't got really others to rely on, really. Shakiri, uncertain future. Salah's still the main man, I guess. But it's going to be a, a bit of an interesting summer for Liverpool fans and Liverpool on the whole. I don't know what Klopp's got up his sleeve, but is it major surgery needed there, Matt? I wouldn't necessarily say major surgery. I think there'll, there will be changes. I think it, it's more in terms of, of the backup options, to be honest. I think certainly in forward areas, there might be two or three different changes in that front line, hopefully. Get one or two players in there. I think Harvey Elliott will probably come back. I've, I've written something on him this week to suggest that maybe he could be, you know, one of, of maybe two forward options that come into Liverpool next season. I think the, the big question really for Liverpool is is Gini Wijnaldum and what happens, you know, in terms yeah. of do they go for a replacement? Do they try and go like for like? Do they try and get somebody slightly different? I don't know quite which route they'll they'll go down. Maybe they change the formation, go a bit more. Four two three one on a regular basis and, and try that a little bit more. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red Channel. I suppose from a, an Aston Villa perspective, in terms of of the transfer window, it's it's not just incomings. I suppose Liverpool have kind of moved past having their players poached, but Aston Villa are kind of still in that area where there's probably one or two players that that clubs have. I've got one eye on. Jack Grealish is, is probably the obvious one. Do you expect Villa to, to keep him? Liverpool, of course, have, have been one of the teams supposedly looking at him. How much would it cost to get him out of Villa or, or would there just be no price tag on his shoulders whatsoever? Um, I spoke to the club about this. Obviously, there's that £100 million price tag that was reported, but he probably takes... He's priceless. He's not for sale at any price. Let, 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 let that be known, but um, sort of the, in terms of the ballpark, it's hundred million pound plus. He's, he's that kind of player. What's probably worked in Villa's favour is, is, is his injury. Um, that could put clubs off. You know what I mean? He's been out for seven games and counting now, and he's not in the limelight as, as he would be performing and dazzling on that stage. Whereas your Man City, and that will be taken aback by him. So he's been outstanding this season. Just really sad how his his season's just curtailed somewhat. And the Euros this summer, he's got to go to the Euros. Got to go for. England's hopes. Um, so, yeah, sweating on that. But in terms of interest, there's always interesting good players, like, like Liverpool fans know. So, but I don't expect Man City to come come in for him or Liverpool or anything, any, any, anyone like that. I think he'll have another crack at getting Villa into Europe next season. I think he'll, he'll leave from the front in that respect. And I think we'll, we'll check in next season. We'll have the same conversation then, I guess. So, um, he'll be here to stay. Regarding others, I don't think... McGinn was tight with the man move from Manchester United last last season. So but I think it's a happy camp to be honest, Matt. Villa have secured the contracts of the big players. Esri Conts is one who Liverpool should, should have looked looked at, to be honest. He's he's a Rolls Royce defender, um, with the crying out for him. He should be going to the Euros for me. I've watched him close close contact this season and he's a class above, to be honest. 
Only 23, scary talent, 12 million quid. Very good buy from Villa. Um, but yeah, he signed a new deal. McGinn signed a new deal. Tyron Ming signed a new deal. Jack signed a new deal. But deals don't mean nothing really. But that's what they're trying to do. That They're um, tying down their assets. They're building around the, the, the core of star players. And they'll be adding to that in the summer. Yeah, Ezri Konza is, is one that I've picked out to, to ask you about. As you say, he's just signed a new contract. A lot, I think, gets said about Tyrone Mings. Obviously, he's been in and around at the England mm. squad. But to me, Konza sort of seems like the real gem in that Aston Villa defence. Is is he one that people maybe should take a little bit more notice of? 100%, yeah. He's, he's got Mings out of jail a few times. He's just so clever with his movements. He just sniffs out danger. Uh, almost naturally, um, he looks. I've said this before. He can play in slippers and his, his dressing gown. He looks that comfortable um, playing. Playing strikers, Mitrovic last week. He played on Mings. He, he didn't want to go no, nowhere near contact because you don't get any change from that. I mean, he's quick. He's good on the ball. He's a mature head and young shoulders. So such a such a great boy that was. Twelve million pound. Um, he's really coming to his own now, and he's one of Villa's best players for sure. He's just. I mean, Villa got fourteen clean sheets this season. Um, only Chelsea and Man City got a better record in that department. Some a department Liverpool wish they had, to be fair, I guess. Whereas Villa wish they had the Salas and that. But yeah, I can't speak whole of a concert. He's, he's Villa's star at the back. I think he's, he's better than Mings in terms of all and game. Mings is the better lead out of the two, but the, the two complement each other well. So really good centre-arse for Villa. I'm not sure Liverpool can say the same, but hopefully Virgil's on the comeback for next season. Yeah, and Joe Gomez, of course, as well. A yeah. player, I think, possibly earlier in his career would have played uh, with Esri Conzo. I'm not sure on that one. But, uh, yeah, yeah, certainly so. some uh, some differential uh, centre-backs to, to look at in this game, certainly. But uh, at the other end of the pitch, Ollie Watkins, as well, has, has sort of had a, a fantastic season, recently made his, his England senior debut. I mean, when he signed for Villa, I remember looking at, at the price tag and being absolutely shocked that they paid that sort of money. I think it was, what, £28 million to begin with, it, it seemed like an enormous fee to yeah. pay for him. But he's probably sort of proven that that was probably about the right price tag for him, to be fair to him. I suppose a, a little bit like Karim Benzema midweek, he must be uh, licking his lips at the opportunities, you say, to, to go at this Liverpool defence. Definitely, yeah. Like I've said this previously, he's a long-term investment. Uh, Ali, um, Dean Smith loves him, worked with him before. He bought him a fish tank and a, a fish when he, when he signed him for Brentford. Um Bit of a teacher's pet, Watkins is for, for, for old Dean, but but yeah, eleven goals this season should should have had many more. To be honest, it's hit the woodwork more than any player. Um, good return, to be honest. First season stepping up, don't forget. Liverpool know all about him as well. He give give Virgil a bit of a run around. He got a hat trick on his um, his first Premier League hat trick against Liverpool. So he's proven himself. So he'd be looking to kick kick on into next season. England international now. Can he go across the Euros? Probably not. Probably just missing out, but. Yeah, really good investment there. Um, Villa's number one target last summer. They got him in. And he's played uh, he's played every game this season. So he's robust enough. He's been on loan at non-league. So he's he's, he's used to it all, used to the rough and tumble of it all. But yeah, he'll be on getting in the goals. He's, he's um, a bit of a, a bit of a perfectionist in that department. He's the one that's always doing extras at Body Maurice. Um Yeah, keep on improving his game. He's... Impressed Southgate and others this season, and long may that continue. So, so yeah, um, I did have hope on, hope on him breaking Benteke's record for Villa in um, 2012-2013, but that, that was 19 goals. But he's eight away from them with nine to play, so probably just come short in that department. But great signing, um, yeah. I think I think he's he, he's got a good supply line. Obviously, he's missed Jack Grealish of late, but yeah, good striker, great great investment. 
He must be one that you look to the future with as well with him. You know, the, the ceiling on him is is bigger than than what he's playing at now. And it, it's the same with a lot of these Aston Villa players. They brought them in at, at the right age to be able to develop them. And even though it's a big investment in some of these players, you will sort of see the benefits of, of that moving forward. Definitely, yeah. You look at Man City, they've had to spend how much on defenders. Ruben Diaz was a huge investment. I think they got hammered by Leicester. A couple of days later, the boy Diaz for was it 60, 70 odd million? Um, just goes to show Man, Man, Manchester United are the same. They were, they were forced to go out and get Maguire for 75 million. Um, I think Liverpool's buy of Virgil van Dijk. What was, what was the price there for him? For him 75. 75. So you see, yeah. they've, got, they've got to go and do it. Whereas Villa are trying to do it early. Kanter's yeah. worth treble, quadruple that amount. He, he was bought at 12 million. So, about unearthing gems, I think the scouting departments are the key for that. and just your old transfer strategy in it all and believing in the talent you're bringing in and developing them. And I know Liverpool got some good kids coming through. Curtis Jones has done well for his breakthrough season this season. So he's he's a midfielder with plenty of pedigree now. So he'll be a 10 times the player next season. So, so yeah, did it with Henderson, didn't they, as well? 20 million from Sunderland was a big price, but he's, he's repaid you, hasn't he? More, more than enough. So there's players that they'll, the only dodgy one I'd say is Andy Carroll for 35 million, but... I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a, a few wrong. Liverpool fans would agree with you on that one, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's not too often these days that either Liverpool or Villa seemingly uh, throw away the, the money in the transfer market. There's some certainly really, really good players on show for, for both sides. Just before we finish, I'll ask you for a sort of prediction and, and how you think that the game is going to go. I mean, We've said it, you know, plenty of times during this podcast. It's it's very difficult to predict the Premier League this season. It's hard to know which version of Villa or, or which version of Liverpool will turn up. But how do you sort of see the the game panning out, and, and what do you think the the scoreline might be? Yeah, I mean, Villa take great comfort from West Brom getting a point there as well. Um, I just want Villa to take the chances. They didn't do that last season. Keenan Davis had one at Anfield, which could have put them ahead. I think five minutes later, I think Jones scores and game over so if you give Liverpool a, a leg up nine times out of ten they, they'll see the game out and they'll, they'll make you pay so should probably Villa take the chances they probably won't get many but I do say that but I haven't seen too much of Liverpool defensive season to suggest otherwise but well yeah um, it should be an attacking game to be honest Villa do play on the front foot when, when they can um, and Klopp's the same as well so I think revenge will be on Klopp's mind that was a bit of an embarrassing defeat last time so you want to make amends for that and kick on up the table. As far as Villa are concerned, yeah, you're playing the side around you. You've got to beat them to have aspirations to finish as high as you can. So, yeah, I just think Villa miss Grealish too much, to be honest, when they play against these elite teams. Although Villa's fixtures have like, been, been kind to them. They've only played Leicester and Spurs have been the standout sides. They've played the likes of Fulham and stuff like that and got results. So, big, big test without Grealish this one against the elite of Liverpool. So, I'm looking forward to see how other step up because then let's be honest that they need to yeah absolutely well should be a fascinating game and we will of course see what happens you can follow it all across the liverpool echo and blood red including the debrief at the final whistle and then the post-game podcast with all of our regular contributors shortly after that for now though thank you for listening enjoy the rest of the build-up to the game and from myself matt addison and from ashley priest goodbye for now You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.